Welcome to the Winging It Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond, where every Monday I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me. So tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, traveler, gap year student, or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. This is a casual, informative podcast designed for you to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share, and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Hey, yeah, just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with TeePublic, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcasts, and other stuff. Hello and welcome to this first episode of our Canada and USA road trip. And a lot of these for the next few months are going to be on Canada. And I'm going to explain all of our backpacking trip in a summary episode coming after this with a guest host. But for now, we finished that trip and this was always the plan. To come back to Canada in the summer and start driving across it probably from June or July and as we speak, we've been on the road for three days. So the start of July, and we're giving ourselves eight to ten weeks. So a lot ahead, not too much plan, a rough guide, um, but not too rigid. So today, going to cover the first three days of our trip early on. And we are going to cover Vancouver Island and the area of Tofino and Eucalypt. So we have gone west first. We are here for seven to ten days, we're not sure yet, before getting back to Vancouver, regrouping, modifying a few things in our van, and then we're going to set across to the east. Before we get started, what are we travelling in? There is a solo episode on this. I have a camper van episode way back, maybe last year, I can't quite recall. You can search on my catalogue for that. But to summarise, we have a Toyota Sienna from the year 2000. The back has been gutted out. And there is a double bed which folds underneath each other, a mini kitchen at the back, and also some storage space and a little bookshelf, amazingly. And we have enough space underneath the bed to put in camp chairs and also some clothes bags and stuff like that, and packs as well. So, cosy, but doable. And I am going to put a YouTube video up of a tour of the van uh, in the next few weeks, so you get an idea visually of what we're staying in. But if you want more details go and check out that solo episode on the podcast. So, day one, we left Vancouver, went to Horseshoe Bay. This is where you get your ferry across to the islands, in the Gulf Islands, and also to the island itself, Vancouver Island. And we arrived in Nanaimo after one and a half hour ferry. Now, in Canada, there's a rule. You normally have to book, unbelievably, two to three months in advance in the summer months because everyone knows when they're going on holiday and book all the ferries and the campsites in good time it's a risk to arrive on the day of a campsite or a ferry but it is doable and we proved it can be done so no ferry booked and the ferry from the Nimo 
carries your car and obviously yourselves. It's also foot passenger um, friendly. So if you're just turning up as a foot passenger, you can definitely get on 100%. And you can get oversized vehicles on this ferry too. We're a normal sized vehicle because we're just a Toyota Sienna. And we could get on on the day. We arrived for the 8.45am ferry crossing at 730 to start the queuing process, because what happens is, if you reserve a seat, fantastic, you have your ticket, go straight through and queue up, ready to get on the ferry. If you don't, you need to sit in an res- unreserved queue, and what happens there is that you go through, and they say, yep, we have space, here's your ticket, go and wait in this queue to get onto the ferry, or if you don't, go and stay over there, and we'll come back to you when there's space on the ferry. These ferries don't actually book till they're full. And if you go on the website, bcferries.com, you can see the percentage that is available to come on the day and for each individual sailings. Now, from North Vancouver, Horseshoe Bay to the island, as an example, they always have 25-26% availability, even 40% on the day, and they have about 8-10 to sailings a day. So it is doable. You just need to get there very early for the sailing that you want to go on. It's 8.45am, we're like, right, we'll be there for 7.30am and we're straight through, paid for a ticket, no dramas. So it can be done and it's the same price as, as if you book online. So real easy process if you get lucky. But it is known that you can be there for hours and hours because people have the same idea. So if there's no space on the 8.45 ferry... You have to wait there to the next one, which I think is 10.30. It could be 11 a.m. So you've got to sit in the queue for two hours. Basically, get out of your car, go to the village, get coffee and come back again. That's the go. So we got lucky. Got on the 8.45 a.m. ferry to Nanaimo. And the plan was to drive across the island to Tofino. They closed the road a few weeks ago or a few months back because of a fire. There's quite a few wildfires going on in BC and across Canada at the moment but it just reopened it about a week ago. Next is the next bit of luck. Now, campsites, you do have to book in advance because people just book them out anyway. And arriving on the day, you may get lucky if you replace someone who's left early, who's cancelled, or just not even turned up. Uh, it's one of those three, I'd imagine. And there's only one government-provided campsite in the Tofino area. It's called Green Point. And the reason it's popular is because it's cheap. It's $34 a night for your car and two people. Any private site in the whole area of Tofino or Eucalet is hanging around at the minimum $60. And I'll come to that in a bit. So Greenpoint is very popular. If you know your date, you're going to travel in BC or the island, get it booked ASAP. So $34 a night is the go. We turned up probably around 2.30 to 3pm on our first day. And we're just fully expecting it to be a no turn up to the campsite and they have a barrier which you have to go through and speak to a person we asked and they said oh yeah we have one for one night and we couldn't believe it so we snapped that up straight away got in for one night and this campsite is unbelievable it's right next to long beach a fantastic beach where there's acres of space unbelievable has great surf if you're into surfing and the views are incredible like misty views that you see on google when you put in tofino or long beach one night, fantastic, very lucky to stay. So we settled in and went to Tofino Village and had a coffee at the Harbour View Coffee House, which has got a great view over the harbour. Also Tofino, a fantastic little village on the water. We saw a few seaplanes take off, trees everywhere, load of water, very clean air, 
just an amazing hippie vibe there too. It's quite chilled, as you can imagine. And we had drinks and Wi-Fi at Tofino Brewing. So there is satellite signal, if you like, in terms of your phone at Tofino. But at the campsite, down to the beach is fine, but in the campsite itself, it's a bit limited. So you need to bear that in mind. Had drinks there, done some podcast stuff, and we got back to the campsite. This campsite is amazing. Like Our little area is secluded because each little patch of grass or land that they give you is your own. You're not sharing it with anyone. And it's got charging points too. And the campsite has showers. They have toilets, obviously, garbage bins. It's just a real idyllic place. You can walk around the loop of the road and in between huge trees. It's just a real idyllic place. Family friendly too, if you're a family. This campsite is just ideal for anyone who just wants to chill out quietly. There's quiet time after 10pm and it's maintained at the highest order. So super comfortable. The best thing about each little campsite is the charging points. They have two sockets so you can charge your phone, your laptop, etc. So it's a very comfortable start. I'm not expecting it all the way through. But I loved it that much that we're hoping we could say the next day. I'll come to that in a second. First campsite dinner. Mushroom sauce with tomatoes and pasta. Fantastic. And to finish off, we saw a nice Bernese dog. We love Bernese dogs. There was one in a bit of a, quite a high camper van. You're going to need space for a Bernese dog. And we tested out some equipment that we have. So we have this brand new mosquito net. It takes a minute to get set up. We can put that over the bench. So that's great. Not too many mosquitoes though, I must admit. Like maybe one or two but nothing to really write home about and that was our first day camping a great sleep day two so we've got to check out 11 and we're going to try the same technique again they said to us come back at 8 30 when they open at the office check and then we'll see what the go is you can actually check online you can refresh as soon as someone cancels online but not everyone cancels so you've got to either check online ring those guys up or keep going back and ask them in person. So it's a bit of an ordeal if you don't book a campsite. Anyway, 8.30, no luck, nothing at all. We're like, okay, what we'll do is we'll have breakfast, we'll chill out for a bit, have a shower, and then we'll go at 11 as we're driving out to ask and see if there's anything going on. So I had beans on toast, which I was very much looking forward to. And I just enjoyed waking up into the forest. You've got to bear in mind, our little patch of land is covered around by trees. There was a warning of a bear in the area, didn't see any bears but just a real nice and quite cool it wasn't too hot because you're shaded from the sun and the perfect temperature really even a bit too cold at night we have to get covered up just love waking up to that so the campground sort of worker guy came around to see if we're checking out and we were asked that guy then said no we're fully booked so okay no worries drove out went for a quick toilet stop and then drove out of the barriers to hand our little ticket in to check out. And the woman there was on the phone and I said, oh, just love one last chance. Any chance that there's any cancellations last minute? She went, hang on, wait there, there may be a cancellation. And I think she was just on the phone to the woman who was cancelling. Finished her phone call, came back and said, yep, one campsite available, drive around. Couldn't believe it. Last knockings, got a campsite straight in to check in because you don't need to really wait. There's an official check-in at 2 or 3pm, but... As we're there the night before, drove around the corner, campsite number two, straight in. Couldn't believe it. Put the mosquito tent up and we drove off to Tofino and had a coffee at the Tofino Roastery. I met a girl there called Orb, A-U-B, and she's from uh, Montreal and Quebec. So she was quite cool to talk to. 
had a chat about calendar and getting jobs and stuff like that. Had a great coffee, caught up on the podcast, got some signal. Then we had lunch at Big Daddy's Fish Fry in town. Chips, $8 each. Unbelievable. Had some gravy with them. Back at Harbourview Coffee House. Got some more podcast editing done. Uh, we did scrape the bottom of the car when we were parking it up. Wasn't a great moment now. We parked in a little ditch, really, half ditch. That wasn't ideal. Then we drove back to camp. Had a fantastic dinner there. Same again. And then had the most amazing sunset on Long Beach with a cup of tea and some biscuits. The colours were sensational because it's such a long beach and you can see forever. The sun going down was pretty spectacular and I got some great, great pictures and videos of that too. So that was day two. Day three, no luck this time. We've done the same technique, asked early, checked out 11, no luck this time. So we moved to Eucolette Campground, which is a private campsite, and that is $63 a night, including taxes and fees. So a bit more of a jump. First off, we went for a coffee at Barclay Cafe, and they have fantastic toasted bagels with cream cheese there, and a coffee too, which was absolutely sensational. Only downside is they have um, recyclable cups, so not proper cups, unfortunately. But then we walked down to the Eucolette Lighthouse Loop, and that was a fantastic view of the end of the kind of harbour there, if you like. Tried to look out for some whales and seals, didn't see much wildlife. Saw an awesome orca skeleton that they found and they brought to shore. That's quite interesting and see how big that is. And that Eucolette Lighthouse loop is about two and a half to three K in distance all the way around. And car parking is a bit of a premium, so you have to get there early, classic calendar, try and find a space. We actually parked next to the road. Nice, easy trail that. Great views, great sunshine. Quite a few people doing it. Really, really nice. Then we checked into our campsite and then spent the afternoon at Wiccaninish Beach, which had similar vibes to Long Beach. Fantastic beach, more of a surf beach. Amazing views again, that hazy views. And we stayed there for an hour, hour and a half. Had a nice little drink on the beach in our chairs. Chilled out, fantastic. And these sunny dreams are just a dream. And to make it even better, we had broccoli for dinner. Not had that for months. To finish the day, and kind of the three days in that area, we went to Eucolette Brewing Company with a beer and a view of the harbour and Lynch Island. And it's much more chilled in Eucolette and Tofino. It's less busy, less people, and a bit more space going on. But those two areas, they're probably about 40 k's apart with Long Beach in the middle. Tofino, Eucolette, and Long Beach are fantastic. You have to go and see that on Vancouver Island. The only mare is the road in the middle. It was closed, and there was a 30-minute delay because they're doing some works on the road. You have to queue up there, but that's the only way to get there, unfortunately. Unless you fly from, I think you fly from downtown Vancouver. It's about $175 to $200 a flight. It takes 15, 20 minutes. Great view of the island. Well worth doing once, definitely for sure. I also saw Tofino Air do scenic flights there for half an hour. They're about $195 to $200 each. It's five people, but six person goes free. So if you can get six people, divide it up, even a bit cheaper than that. And that's about half an hour. And on days like these... Fantastic. The views have been incredible up there. And to summarise the three days that we had, unbelievable weather, warm, in the evening got chilly, so almost a perfect time to go. Just super cool, chilled areas, not too many people about, easy driving, great roads. It is a dreamy start to the road trip. And for anyone who wants to go to Vancouver Island and to the west. And the total kilometres travelled, probably around 340 kilometres, I reckon, in total. For those three days 
I just want to summarise for the admin. And what I mean by this, you might be asking a few questions, how are we doing things? So obviously we have our own camper van that speaks for itself. You book ferries online. If you can't book online, it's sold out at bcferries.com. You turn up on the day to the, the harbour point, walk on as well if you've not got a vehicle. Campsites, turn up, book them online as well. If you chuck in BC campsites, you're going to go to their provincial campsite website, which is not the best, but it has every campsite that you can book for and you can see how far in advance if there's any availability. Honestly, they open up three months in advance and it is tough to get anything. My advice would be to organise in advance just to guarantee yourself a campsite and a ferry at that as well. But if you can't do that, it is doable if you get up early, go on a day and get lucky. Um, but the backup for campsites is there are private campsites. They are more expensive. They are between 60 and $150 a night. But they are normally available. Um, in terms of food, these areas all have a, a co-op. It's quite big in this area. So individual shops, but they are a supermarket. So you get everything you need, just maybe a slightly higher cost. And on Vancouver Island, for example, there are major cities and towns like Nanaimo and Victoria. They also have proper big supermarkets like Safeway, Save on Foods and stuff like that. Walmart as well, where you can get everything. In terms of cooking, we have our own two stove cooker at the back. Um, that's propane gas so we need to obviously keep buying those gas canisters to keep that going for the whole trip but in terms of the campsite there was no kitchen on the campsite you can't actually use anything like that there so you will need to be self-contained at, at that and some private campsites will have kitchen facilities but i wouldn't expect that and as i said showers and toilets were all available to everywhere we've been so far and coming onto Vancouver Island for the last three or four days. I expect that to be the same as well. The roads are pretty clear. Just get on there early and just be aware of Vancouver Island. There's going to be busy places like Nanaimo when the ferry comes in, busy traffic, and obviously Victoria, the capital down south. Just expect if you go out to buy coffees, they're going to be 3 or $4. Bagels, 3 or $4 as well. And if you're eating out like a proper meal, it's going to be $20 and beers are hanging around $10 a pint. So that's your external factors, if you like, you want to go out and eat. But obviously we're camping, we're cooking, we're making our own stuff to make it as cheap as possible. And to finalise, there are free camps. And these are just sites where they've been cleared, and they've got probably a drop-down toilet, no shower, definitely not. And if you don't need anything else, you can go to those for free. But it is first come, first serve, and there may not be any guarantee of space. Also, you can't guarantee the clientele because you might get a group that are quite rowdy, whatever, and pie into the night. These private campsites, and also the ones that are hosted by the provincial government, are kind of looked after and maintained quite a high discipline of the rules. And that's quite a good thing, because you don't want people just annoying you at 2am in the morning. I'll share any details that I find on the road, anything that be of use to you, and keep tuning in for all the episodes coming up. I'll keep the solo ones coming, as long as I have signal, and get these out pretty regularly. It's going to be one or two a week, as well as the guest episodes. I look forward to hearing your feedback. Great for three days. Recommend going there. I'll come back with the next three or four days on Vancouver Island. And then we'll be going east after that, after Vancouver, to regroup and sort the van out some more. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next time.